They marveled at your signs, your wonders. They thought you had died, but you saved the world. A sign, power, divine authority. Expect a miracle. Believe for a miracle. Receive for a miracle. And be responsible to manage your miracle. Where miracles are, there certainly God is. Good morning, Influence Church. How's everybody doing? Oh, let's give it up. We can do better than that. Are you awake? You ready to learn something new about Jesus? Oh, I don't know if I've come to the right group of people. Maybe I'll go over there to the kids section. Are you guys ready to learn something new about Jesus? How about carry some new fire and some new wine into 2019? Amen? Come on. Where's the church at? Let me hear you say amen. It's so great to see everybody. And we're into overflow this morning. Don't worry. The fire is on behind you. So you're getting heat from the front and heat from the back. It's good to see you all. Can we give everybody a welcome over there in the, in the overflow? Woohoo! And overflow, why don't you welcome everybody here in the, in the auditorium that you're part of? Yeah! <laughs> so great. So great to have everybody this morning worshiping with you in one service. One service on Sunday morning, the last one to conclude 2018. What an amazing year, amen? Has it been full of victories? Woo! Has it been full of challenges? But has it been full of Jesus Christ? Yes! Amen. And that's what we're here about today. Jesus Christ, you're in the house. And uh, anybody here for the first time? I know we told you there's a free cup of coffee waiting for you. Please do. But could you not just wave at us? I met so many new people this morning. Can you wave? Come on. Come on, wave. It's great to see you. I met some of you, Kevin, and all of you. We have so many visitors here today. And it's an honor to have you with us, that you're with us on this last Sunday of the 2018 year. But we believe that you're going to be with us on the journey through 2019, and we know that God has in store for every person. I was actually praying through the auditorium yesterday. I got some time uh, as my family's in, ha- in the house. Uh, my dad, Jim, my mom, Debbie, uh, visiting with us. And I got some time yesterday to just pray, and I was praying through the auditorium. And I didn't see the set list that we were singing this morning, but I felt God laying on my heart, pray for empty vessels. Because as I see the chairs, I don't see people in them. Or I don't see the chairs empty. I see people sitting in them. And I felt God say, pray for empty vessels that they come this morning and they be willing to be filled. Just like the widow woman that Elijah said, bring vessels and don't bring a few. And you're here this morning because God wants you to go into 2019 carrying something new, new fire, new wine. He's doing a new thing in 2019. And uh, it's not by coincidence that you're here. It's by a divine appointment. Amen? Amen. Pastor Phil and Pastor Tammy will be back with us next week, and it's always an honor to stand here and preach the Word of God. I am humbled and I'm honored, and uh, I just want to just say this. Five, three years ago, this, was, uh, this Sunday was the first Sunday that I preached uh, at Influence Church, so it's, uh, it's kind of a big day for me. I was like, wow, it's been three years ago. This is my first sermon I preached on this Sunday, so it's an honor. It's an honor, but you're ready to learn about God. Let's get into the Word of God. Let's learn. The clock is 20 minutes slow, so that means I get 20 extra minutes to preach, so you better be ready. You're going to be hungry when we're out of here. <laughs> 
If you want to turn in your Bibles, uh, my portion of scripture that we're going to focus on today is going to be brief. Uh, It's Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to hit the first two verses, and then I'm going to jump down into uh, chapters 9, or not chapters 9, verses 9 through 11. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, I hear those pages shifting. I love that. I love that. I love the Word of God. I love the smell of the physical Bible, but it's alive and it's active, and we're going to get into it today. Amen? And um, so this verse as I went through Christmas, um, I really wanted to give you something as a challenge to say 2018, thank you Jesus, 2019, we're excited for what God has in store, but I couldn't get over this thought that I had during the Christmas season. And as uh, we were doing, you know, as all of us, the presents and gathering with family, I couldn't get the thought of the wise men coming to the manger, to the, uh, the manger nativity uh, narrative. And as they came, they, the, verses, the verse I couldn't get out of my mind or the portion of scripture I couldn't get out of my mind was where they came and they saw him after following this star and they worshiped him. Because so often when I think of the wise men, I think of their gifts that they bring, right? Gold, frankincense, myrrh. But the first thing that they did was they came They followed the star, they worshiped him, and then they presented their gifts. And my prayer as I was praying uh, through the Christmas season just last week and uh, leading up to that was, God, help me that I don't just present something, that I don't just come and give something and I forget that my first place is to worship you. God, help me that my first act is to worship you just to worship you. If I have nothing to offer, I'll worship you. If I have everything to offer, I'll do that, but I'll worship you first. And so that was the thought that I couldn't get out of my heart that I really believe that God has laid on my heart to bring to you today. And so if I was to title my message, I would title it today, His Star. His Star. And we're talking about the miracle being in the house and how amazing is it that in all of the stars that he hung in the sky because they all belong to him, And yet there in this portion of scripture, we find one that is called and it's named his star, his star. So just a little bit of a story, though, that I came across that I think that you'll find very interesting talking about humble, uh, humble beginnings and just some the the things that God does in our life sometime to remind us of humility. And just in the act of himself, as Natalie was so beautifully sharing, uh, Jesus humbling himself and stepping down into his own creation and becoming Emmanuel, God with us. But there was this missionary couple who went to Panama. And as they were there, they, of course, had their children with them. And they started the mission in Panama. And her husband, of course, was preaching many days out in the mission field and would come home at night. And meanwhile, she would be there tending. The mother would be there. The wife uh, would be there tending to the kids and helping out around the house. And what they were living in was a mud hut. And they had a single window in their mud hut. And as she would be there and helping the kids, and and of course, if you know the climate in Panama, it's buggy and it's hot and it's humid. And finally, uh, one day she just had a breakdown. And she, in the the midst of the night, of course, her husband was there with the kids now, and she ran out into into the forest there or into the jungle there, and she found herself at a rock and she was crying and she was upset and she was frustrated and and she was challenging God. Why me? Why am I here? All I wanted was a house and a safe place to raise my family, and this is what I've got is a mud hut. And she felt God lay on her heart and say, would you live in a mud hut for me? Would you live in a mud hut for me? And oftentimes, she gave the thought at the end of the story that we find ourselves sometimes feeling like we're in the prison. But when we look out at the window, do we see the bars or do we see the stars? 
When you look out at the window, what are you focusing on? Do you see the bars or are you looking at the stars? And so today, I thought that thought was, it hit me when God helped me that I would see in life and I would see in the world around me, not the shadows, but I would see the light. Because where there is light, there is a shadow. But it's what am I focusing on? Do I see the stars or do I see the bars? So let's read this scripture uh, to open up our text and then uh, we'll get into, uh, we'll pray and then we'll get into the sermon. And it's from Matthew chapter two, verses one through two and then nine, 11. I'm just gonna skip down. Many of us are familiar with this story, but I wanna read this because uh, there's so much in this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. And when they heard the king, of course, that's King Herod, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came, and it stood over the place where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced, with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented their gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we have the opportunity to be in your presence today as we were singing. Lord, your presence is here. Uh, as you said, where two or three are gathered together, that you're in the midst of us. And we can sense that by your Holy Spirit who is here. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would take the living word of God that was made flesh, as we know Jesus, and dwelt among us, and is now at the right hand of the Father. Holy Spirit, take these words and make them alive as your word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. God, help it to divide our thoughts and our intentions of our heart. God, today in this room, Lord, and to those that are streaming with us, God, we thank you, we love you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So three quick points that I'm gonna focus on and we get to go home. Somebody say amen. But I'm gonna be, of course, I'm gonna take that extra 20 minutes. Follow his star is our point number one. So if you're gonna take notes, you can write these down. Worship him. And then our point number three is present your gifts. Follow his star. You know, I, I found this humble star at Hobby Lobby yesterday. I'm actually really liking this place. You would also know that the gifts, the wise men gifts, came from Hobby Lobby. His star. If I were to title this, I told you I would title this message His Star. I saw somebody the other day, they were out with their family, uh, and they were posting pictures, their family's in town from out of, actually from out of the country, and I saw that they had posted a picture about, we found it, Donald Trump's star, and they took a picture of it, and I thought to myself, do they know his star and the way that it would lead us? And so his star, point number one. But as the, the wise men, the thing about his star, if you actually, we know the, the, the narrative of the manger scene so well, we've heard it from Christmas after Christmas, and if you haven't, uh, I won't ask you to raise your hand. Uh, you'll know more about it at the end of the message this morning. But we typically think of, you know, the angel coming to Mary and kind of being the prompting behind uh, or the start to the narrative of the Christmas nativity. But it actually, as many believe, these, these wise men who traveled from the east would have traveled up to possibly a thousand miles with a journey that not was just of themselves, but was of a caravan of all of their entourage to get these gifts that they were bringing to this prophesied king of the Jews. 
And so this narrative actually, could it possibly be that it begins with the wise men seeing this star as they were believed to be uh, astrologers and they knew the, the sky and they knew all of these different things and they had counsel in all of these areas and these wise men or kings from the east knew that something was changing. And I don't know the exact how or why, but they noticed this star in the sky. And there's much, there's much, much that has gone into just this star and trying to explain the star. Was it, uh, was it a, a meteor? Was it uh, this or was it that? I'll let you know that for today, we'll, let's just believe that it was a supernatural phenomenon. Amen? And I'll even begin to conclude or I'll tell you that it was maybe similar to what led the Israelites in the wilderness how the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night led them. So let's just believe that it was supernatural what God was doing in sign of his most precious gift, his son. And so these wise men from the east, they saw this star and they actually referenced it to his star. We saw his star shining and it's brought us thus far. And so it's amazing that as these wise men pick up and they leave their familiar land, and they start to travel and make this journey. It could have been months, okay? It could have may even have been years. There's not an exact date on how long it took these wise men to come from the east. But when they came, they came to Jerusalem. And as they come following this star to Jerusalem, they walk into Jerusalem and they, it's almost like they expect there to be this, this party going on that everybody knows about this king of the Jews who has been born, and they find out that nobody knows. They go to Herod and they ask him, where is this one who has been born king of the Jews? And his reply is, I don't know. When, why don't you go and you come back and tell me? And so sometimes in life, when you're following his star, understand that not everybody may see clearly what you see clearly. But when you're following his star in the midst of all that's going on in the chaos, he will lead you and he will guide you. He will not forsake you and he will not depart from you. And they're following his star. They ask Herod, where is he at? And the thing about the reply of Herod was we know that he was scheming ultimately to find out because he was a little bit envious or jealous of who would come and report to me that there's been a king born somewhere in my territory and I not know about it. But the amazing thing that happened with Herod was he actually dispatched them and he gave them the approval as being outside authorities into his area to go and to search the place. He said, why don't you go and search wherever you may and when you find him, come back and tell me. So as they were following his star, and the thing about when you study this, uh, it's, it's, as you read this scripture over and over and over, it almost seems that the star disappears for this period of time. It seems like the star kind of is intermittent, right? As it's shining, and then it seems to subside somehow or some way. And so they're, they're searching for where could this king possibly be? Where could this king possibly be? And they searched Jerusalem. And how many know Jesus wasn't born where? In Jerusalem. He wasn't born there. He was born in Bethlehem. So he's, they're searching in Jerusalem. All of a sudden, this star appears. And it says they saw the star again. If you look down in there, for 
We have seen the star in the east, and we've come to worship him. And when Herod heard him, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east came again and went before them. And they're searching, and they're looking for who is this one who is the king of the Jews that has been born in this area that has been prophesied. And it's believed that even these wise men are a shadow or a prophetic declaration of the Jewish, sorry, of the Gentiles who would come to worship the Savior Jesus Christ. The Gentiles are a picture of you and I sitting here who are not of a Jewish descendant. They're a picture because God first came to who? The Jewish people, the Israelites, and then to the Gentiles. And so these kings, though, are from the east, and they're here among this Jewish nation, and Herod doesn't even know that this king has been born. It's amazing that the first report that possibly could have echoed through Jerusalem through the land that is the Israelite area, came from the Gentiles saying, where is this one we are looking for that has been born king of the Jews? Following his star, I will tell you, let God do something in your heart. Ask him as we close out 2018, God, do something in me that I know is personally a touch from you that I can follow throughout my life. That's the God that we serve. That's the God who loves you and desires a relationship with you, that you would have intimate relationship with a God who sent his only begotten son, that you could follow him every step of the way of your life through the difficulties, through the challenges, through the searching, through the people that may not even know or the naysayers, that you would know without a shadow of a doubt that you are following his star. The star, though, is a sign to him. How many of you know a sign is not the thing itself, it is a foreteller of what's to come. I go down the highway. We were up in Big Bear uh, with our kids and with mom and dad, and our kids have been asking us to take them to the snow. And so we are driving on those windy roads, right? And I see a sign that says, turn 25 miles an hour. And sometimes if I'm by myself, I may see if I can do it at 35 or 45, right? <laughs> do the tires stay to the road? But with my family, I'm going to stay at 25 because it's a sign that there's a turn. Something greater is actually ahead of me that I need to pay attention to and stay safe and get myself to the right speed. The star itself was not the Savior, but pointing us to the Savior who is, as we've heard last week from Pastor Phil, the bright and morning star. Amen? It points to something that is greater than itself. And these wise men understood that. These wise men had whatever that prompted them to follow this star and get to this place where this king of the Jews was born and it was worth them bringing their caravan of people and it was worth them bringing their treasures. Can you see almost with me the trial that they even went to to do that? None of this talks about them being burdened or being weighted down, but they were exuberant and they were ecstatic to find this king and to make this journey, to be the first bearer of this news in Jerusalem. And to continue to be led by God's star that he had placed in the sky miraculously to lead them to the Savior of the world. Could it be that, as the word of God says, that the one that the nations would behold, that already nations were coming to his doorstep where Jesus was at to worship him? How amazing is that? And so today I would ask us, are we following his star? Because the first thing we need to do is follow his star. Whatever that may be in your life. It may be a friend inviting you to church. 
It may be a radio station that you're listening to, whatever it can. And are you putting in someone else's life little hints of the star that they can follow to find themselves at the place where Jesus is at? And so the craftiness of King Herod at the request of these wise men, yet the dispatch that gave them the approval to go. These wise men, as they again see the star reappear, they're, ex- they're exuberant and they, with exceedingly great joy. Do you hear that? Exceedingly great joy. Have you ever had exceedingly great joy? I remember some exceedingly great joy in my life when our first daughter was born. Exceedingly great joy. Exceedingly great joy when River came into our world. Exceedingly great joy when I married Erica. Almost forgot our, I sang a song to her as she was coming down the alleyway. I was so full of exceedingly great joy, exuberance that I almost forgot the words. I, I wrote it for her. It was not the best song, but it was a song for my heart. She steps through the back door and I'm like, eh. what are the words? I didn't, I, thankfully, I knew that I had to stay up all night long and memorize it. Because I would be full of so much joy that, when I, that I needed to be able to just kind of like go through the motions at that point. That, that proved to be right. Exceedingly great joy. This last week we were skiing and I was, we were skiing with Abby and River and dad was helping Abigail and I was able to help River and m- mom and Erica were just being our moral support. Go team, go. <laughs> I said to them, I said, if we just get down the mountain, this is our goal. This is our win down the mountain one time, and it has been a successful day. Needless to say, I will report to you that we made it more than just one time. And they got, they're into it. Exceedingly great joy. River, as he was wanting to ski and just seeing the joy that was on his face, it made me happy as his dad. It made us happy as parents. It made us happy as family, being able to see them just exceedingly exuberant with joy. But these wise men, as they were able to see that star appear and continue to lead them. It said they were exceedingly great with joy. I don't think it was a, oh, hey, guys, by the way, did you notice that star's back up again? Right? Because they're searching. No one in Jerusalem seemed to know what they were talking about. And all of a sudden, the star appears again. and like, guys, we're back at it again. Let's go. Follow the star. It's leading us to find this one who has been born of the Jews, king of the Jews, born of the Jews and king of the Jews. Funny thing about the star that can relate to us if we're not careful is if God doesn't have a man or a woman to proclaim the gospel of good news, he will use whatever he can. Let it not be said of us, let it not be said of anybody in this room, let it not be said of anybody who's streaming live with us that we kept our mouths shut and God had to use a star or a stone or a donkey in our place but that we would be people who would proclaim the gospel of good news, putting those opportunities in people's life to be a star, to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that he is the hope, he is our joy, that he gives us the opportunity for relationship, that we can have eternal life. The, The word of God says in John 17 that eternal life is knowing the Father and that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Some people just want to go through life and just have this butterfly feeling, but I'm telling you, it's going to end. And if you don't have eternal life, it's not going to be so well for you. But if you know the Father, the Heavenly Father, who loves you so much, there's nothing that can hold you back from His love, neither height nor depth, nor principality nor power. Nothing can separate us 
from the love that is in Christ Jesus, that we would not hold our mouth back to proclaim and give someone the opportunity to know Jesus Christ, the gospel of good news. Somebody say good news. Because if you and I don't do it, sure enough, there'll be a star that will lead somebody to find the Savior. And that's exactly what happened in Jerusalem that day. Not one person knew, and that star came back. They were asking, do you know where Jesus is at? Do you know where this Messiah is? Do you know where the one born King of the Jews is at? But I haven't heard about him. I don't know what you're talking about. They were just busy doing their life stuff. And that star reappeared, and he said, that's it. Let's follow that. He's leading us to his own good news. So today, that we would be reminded as we head into 2019, Lord, help us that we would not hesitate. Listen, sometimes we think, well, I need to be a Bible theologian. I need to know, you know, at least five memory verses. Listen, use what you've got. Use the experience that God is doing in your own life. Use the verses that come to your mouth when you open it up, because I can guarantee you, if God can put a star in the sky supernaturally to lead a group of Wise men from the east, he can use your mouth if you will obey him and submit to him to lead somebody to know Jesus Christ. He partners with us. He partners with us to work out his redemption plan among lost and hurting humanity. Amen? Okay, there was your extra 20 minutes. No. Worship him. We're already done with point number one. We're one third through this message. Worship him. So when they came, they followed the star. They finally find it over the house. And as they came to the house, it disappeared. And they come in and they worshiped him. This word in the Greek is best described by the illustration of a dog licking his master's hand. I grew up, mom knows this, we had basset hounds. Okay? They're not exactly the the best smelling dog in all of the world. And nor are they, uh, what do they call it? Hyperallergenic, what, hyperallergenic? Well, that word that means they don't shed, they shed. But I will tell you this, they are a stubborn dog and they love their owner. And they know when they want what they want and that's what they'll wait for. Our dog, these basset hounds, George and Jeb, and they weren't named after the bushes, they, <laughs> so if, if the bushes are watching, we didn't name our dogs after you. But they loved milk bones. And they, they knew as soon as you got in the cupboard, they could hear it. They're like, and it looked like they were passed out. They, you know, they would just be laying there sleeping. Their, you know, their ears are long. They're overweight. They've got short little legs. And as soon as they heard that cupboard door, I mean, they were like, they're there. Like, I didn't even know you could move that fast. And they would just, you could put, we used to put them in our back pockets. These big milk bones. We'd put them in a rack pocket and they would be like, they'd be looking at your hands. <laughs> they'd look at this hand. They'd be running around looking at you. You'd walk out into the living room. They would follow you. They just, they wanted that treat that you had. This illustration of what worship is because many times we can limit ourselves and we can think it's a song. It's about just coming to church. Those things are all important and that's included in it. But it is so much more than that. The illustration that best describes this is this dog waiting on his master. Not moving away, not flinching. Because the dog understands that there's, some, there's something important about this relationship. He is my source of everything. You've seen those videos where, where uh, veterans have passed away and it's sad and yet their animal can still remember them and would still stick by their side. That picture is the picture that should be in our minds as we actually say, God, help me to understand what it means to worship you. 
An example that comes to my mind uh, of this, of course, let me just do this real quick. It means to crouch down, to prostrate even before that you would honor and pay honor to the person that you are worshiping. To humble yourself. That's, you're, you're, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable in this place of worship. If the master doesn't give, there's no receiving. And you're okay with that. Jesus actually was tempted in this area of worship in Luke chapter 4, verses 7. And Satan was in this wilderness period of tempting him. And Satan said, if you will bow before, if you will worship before me, if you will worship before me, all of this I'll give to you. Notice where Satan was tempting Jesus to position himself before me. Listen to Jesus' reply, and he quotes scripture from Deuteronomy. He said, Jesus answered and said unto him, get behind me. See, the enemy wanted him to get before him and worship him and tempt him with everything that was already his. And Jesus says, Satan, get behind me. Worship is a position. Worship is a position a position of your heart, a position of your person, a position of your mentality, a position of your decisions, a position that you even position your family. God, as for me and my house, we will worship you, God. We will worship you. We will bow before you. And we will say to the enemy when he comes and he knocks, because he will, Satan, get thee behind me. And he, Jesus said, for it is written. Do you notice this? He's not inventing this himself. He's applying authority to what has already been declared by his own word, and he is saying, it is written, for you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Amen. Worship. Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, is there anything standing before me? Is there anything before me that I'm not willing to get behind me? And if you ask yourself that question, and you give yourself that evaluation, and you're saying, you know what? I don't know if I'm okay with this getting behind me so I can come boldly into the presence of God and worship him freely. That's where you have to start to evaluate and say, God, help me to tear down those idols in my life that I can vulnerably stand before you and worship you as you've created me to do. How amazing is that? Can somebody say amen? John 4 and 24 says, Worship him, for he is spirit and in truth. The Father searches for those that will worship him, and they that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. Prompted by the spirit. These, these, I believe these wise men were prompted by the spirit of God to make their way far from the east and looking at all the symbols and signs and using all of their knowledge and understanding and giving all that they had to come and to find this one who was born the king of the Jews. You and I must worship God with everything that is in, within us. Deuteronomy says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. David exemplified this so well in Psalms 103, where he said, bless the Lord of my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not your benefits. You heal all thy diseases. You forgive all thine iniquities. You restore my life with love and kindness and tender mercies. And you satisfy my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. David had a glimpse of what true worship was like. And he realized that just like that picture that God, you are the source of everything. And without you, I am nothing. These wise men worship. So let's give God some glory. I think we can do better than that. The wise men came and they gave presents. 
gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But they first worshiped. And as they came, though, Isaiah 60 says this, prophesied of these Gentiles. It says, the Gentiles shall come to your light. Come to your light. This light his star had shown to show them to the light, Jesus Christ. He says, I am the light. Another name that even Pastor Phil said last week is he is the bright and morning star. That the Gentiles will come to your light in Isaiah 60 verse 3. And it says, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. The kings of the east brought their gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These Gentile kings were the first in the narrative, and yet they were the last to the, to the actual narrative scene. These tokens that they brought, these gifts, these treasures, gold was to represent his royalty. Myrrh was to be a token of his suffering. Frankincense was to be of his divinity. I want you to think of this today. What things in your life that you come as you're worshiping him and you offer back to him as a representation of his royalty? What are the things that you bring as you're worshiping him and you offer back to him as a declaration or a declaration of his divinity? God, without you, I am nothing. But with you and in you, I am the righteousness of Christ. What are the things that you, can, that you bring as a token, as a present of his suffering? God, because you suffered, I can be healed. Any of you that have a healing testimony, any of you that there's been many miracles that have happened and we speak of them and we give glory to God, but that is a token that you can present, a gift, an offering that you can say, God, because of your suffering, I have been set free. Amen? He, in these three gifts, are actually a prophetic declaration of his fulfilling of the three offices of king, prophet, and priest. Our Messiah, Jesus, the anointed one, is the only one who filled all three offices. He is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, and he is the one in the New Testament that we continue to look for. Jesus, the name above every name. The name above every name. And at that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. And it says, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you would present yourself as a living sacrifice. What do you have to offer? The best thing you have to offer is yourself. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, for this is your reasonable service. Conform not to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Later on in Romans chapter 12, it says in verse six, and having these gifts differing according to the grace of God that has been given to each and every one of you, us, let us offer them and use them to bring God glory. Amen? That's all I got. End. 2019. What do you want 2019 to look like? What are you going to follow through 2019? Can I tell you who I want to follow through 2019? Jesus Christ. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. No one comes to the Father except by Him. The star no longer shines that was named His star because He is that bright and morning star that shows us the way to the Father. Supernaturally, that star appeared and disappeared because the Son Himself was born. 
And now we have that light to lead us and to guide us. And he actually even said that you would become lights that would shine in the dark world and they would see your good works and glorify God. With all standing to our feet, what do we want 2019 to look like? Let us learn from these wise men to follow Jesus Christ, the steps that he set before us into his presence to worship him. Let us be wise people that are able to come and to offer the presence that God has given us. Maybe this morning as we go, I want to pray for all of you, but before we get to that, if you would want to just maybe close your eyes and focus on God for just a minute. Maybe you have gone through this Christmas season and you've even wondered what Christmas is really about. Is it really about Santa? Is it really about presents? What is it really about? Well, I'm here to tell you that it's about Jesus Christ, born among us, Emmanuel, God with us, so that he could be with you. God wants to make his home inside of each and every one of us, but he only does it as we invite him to reside in that place. And so this morning, if you find yourself here for the first time, or maybe you've been coming for several times, but you've felt prompted by God to let him come into this place, your heart, into your life, and let him be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the bright morning star in your life to shine through you, to lead you to the Father. If you would want to pray with me this morning, I want to pray with you. And just to be a symbol of agreement, because the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name that he's there in the midst of I want you just to raise your hand so I know who's in agreement with myself and who's in agreement with those who are already praying in this room that you would today invite Jesus into your heart. If that's you and say, Pastor, I want to invite Jesus Christ into my heart today. I want to, I want to know that I am saved. I want to know that I'm a part of his family. I want to know that I am one of those that eternal life is knowing him and that he has been sent by his father, that's me. And would you pray with me this morning, Pastor? I want you just to keep your hand up in the air. Keep your hand up in the air all over this room. Raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand if that's you. There's hands in the air. If that's you and you wanna say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I wanna give my life to Jesus Christ today. I wanna see your hand up in the air. We're praying with you. And all of Influence Church, let's pray together, can we? Because right now, as this person who is saying, Jesus, come into my life, you're confessing with your mouth and you're believing in your heart. And the word of God says that when you do that, that at this point, God takes your name and he writes it down in heaven. This is your spiritual birthday, is today or right now. Today is your spiritual birthday. So let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, I think we can do better than that. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have sent your only begotten son Jesus Christ, born in a manger, died on a cross, rose again on the third day so that I can know you. Come into my life. I like that picture. Bowed down, worshiping you with all that I have. I give you my life. I am yours, a child of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God some glory this morning? Can we give God some glory? Can, I, can we just take a minute and worship? Because they're, they're, they're singing a song that I really believe is a declaration for this year. And I really love that part where it says, I will carry new fire. So I don't know if we get to that part and you want to tag that. And I will carry new fire, okay? I want you to sing that. I want you to sing it out a lot better than I did. And I want you to make that a declaration as we come into 2019. And we're going to pray and we're going to believe that 2019 is the best year, the best is yet to come of your life. Sing it out, sing it out.
Come on, we can do better than that. We and that's it. just lift our hand to heaven. Jesus, you're worthy of everything. Lord, you're worthy of it all, God. You who is the lamb who was slain, you who is the bright and morning star, you who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, you are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, you are the word of God made flesh, you are worthy of it all. Lord, we come before you with the conclusion as we gather together as Influence Church of 2018. Lord, we declare uh, 2019 will be the best and the best is yet to come. Lord, we thank you for 2018, the trials, the tribulations, the victories, the triumphs, the, the successes. Lord, we thank you for all of that. And Lord, we head into 2019 with expectation that this will be the best year of the Lord. Lord, that we would find ourselves in the movement of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would stir up in all of us the gifts that you have given us, Lord, for the working of your redemption plan and humanity around us. God, we need each person in the kingdom of God working effective and efficiently for the advancement, Lord God, of your word through history. God, we declare that in our schools there would be revival. In our neighborhoods there would be revival. Lord, we declare that there would be, in our family God, there would be revival. In our marriages, God, there would be revival. Lord, that it be said in Influence Church that there are no families split apart, that there are no marriages split apart in the name of Jesus Christ. God, supernaturally, we can't do it on our own. And God, we ask you, the God who is able, the God who is loving, the God who is, is purposeful and, and passionate, God, about partnering with us to accomplish those things. We say, God, here am I and send me and use each and every one of us, God, to declare your work and your will and your way, God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we all pray. Amen. Can you give God some glory? Where there is new wine. Hallelujah. New fire. New fire in 2019. New fire in 2019. Burn away the old stuff so that it looks like you.